Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week. All right, so, but it's not about me. It's about God. It's about what he can do. So forgive me if I stumble on my words and whatnot. But the things that are important to you are important to God, even small. I mean, someone else can look at it and go, that's ridiculous, but whatever, you know. But if it's important to you, it's important to God. So anyways, last week I was thinking, getting, getting ready for the week, what I had to do, checking my list of things. And I realized I had ordered something in the mail, and it wasn't there. I go to check tracking, and it was supposed to be delivered mid-July or so. Last tracking said California. And I don't even remember what the date of that was, but it was somewhere in July. And so I'm checking, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, you know, Pastor Pete was talking about pleading the blood of Jesus over whatever. And I thought, what about my mail? What about my package? I wanted that package. I paid for that package. I ordered that package. I still wanted it. And I thought, well, God, is my mail important to you? Maybe. It's important to me. I hope it's important to you. So I I pled the blood of Jesus over my mail. And I thought, well, we'll see what happens when it gets here. (laughs) I had zero tracking. It, like, fell off the tracking system. I don't know. It was just not there. So I go on about my day, go to school the next day, or we were preparing to start school, so I was here for Monday. And then all of a sudden I get a text message, you had a package delivered. And I thought, well, that's strange. What pack? Uh, oh, <laughs> package. Okay. So I log on and I check and I see what it is. And it is the very package that I just that prayed about yeah. that had disappeared. And the very next mailing day, not only did it just show up, it was in my mailbox. California, missing mailbox. Amen. So that was important to God. It was. Thank you. And what's funny to me about that story is that she's, she shares with us, that was on a Monday, right? Yeah, yeah, she on a Monday. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool, amen, that's great. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I'm missing a package. I ordered something for my daughter for her birthday back in July that said delivered, it was never delivered. I get into an argument with the, the company. They finally, reluctantly, send me a new one. I'm like, okay, great, and I got that one. And so she tells me that testimony, and I'm like, what happened to my package? So that day, I'm like, you know what? It works for her. So I, you know, I'm like, God, you know what? I just want mine back, too. Like, I, this, it was aggravating. We lost it, yada, yada, yada. You know what? So I want, mine, I want mine, too, God, just like you did for Amanda. You will do it for me. I kid you not, didn't think twice about it. Went to bed that night, okay? So I got home. What time did we get home that night? After what, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock after the open house? They're not delivering packages. I wake up the next morning to leave at 6.30 in the morning, and I back up my truck, and I went, you've got to be kidding me. I put my truck in park. There's a package at my door that somewhere between 7 o'clock at night and 6.30 in the morning, they delivered the exact same thing again. I went, you have got to be kidding me. And then I had a horrible feeling because my thought was, this actually works. You know, here's the truth of being very honest with you. We know it here. We do, and we believe it up there. And then all of a sudden, when you f- see it come to pass, you go, well, now it's, it's moved that 
that, that down into here and the confidence. It's not the, here's the thing though, if we can't believe God for the small things, it's going to be difficult when you have the big things take place. And here's what you have to realize is that when we're, 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 we're going through these lost languages, again, God is taking you one step at a time. So I don't care how big or how small you think it is. Whatever he's put into your heart, whether it's um, a, a lost package, whether it is a, a, an issue in your physical body, whether it's something, but, you know, uh, emotions or allergies or whatever it is, begin to declare the word over your life. And here's why. And this isn't to be fear-mongering, because it's just facts. One day, whether it's 10 days or 10 years or 30 years, there will be a big deal. There will be a big deal. And that's not the time to start. It's the moment now when it's the peaceful times that we begin to prepare ourselves for the big moments, okay? Amen. Well, today we're going to dive into our second lost language today. If you have notes, um, I would love for you to, to be able to take these, write these things down. This will seriously help you out. Um, whether you, you know, grab your phone or your tablet or a piece of paper and a pen, write in the margins of your Bible, whatever you need to do just to make sure that you get a hold of where we're going today. Today, our lost language is going to be one that people will disagree with me on, and that's about worship. Worship. Why would you disagree with me about it? Because we all, we have Way of Him. We've got the Joy of Him. We've got Spotify. We've got Apple Music. We have all kinds of music. But here's what I want you to understand. Do you remember what took place just a couple of years ago when a little virus took over the world? It shut down worship. Because what happened is this. Worship went from something that we were to an industry that we sought out. And once worship becomes an industry... It becomes a luxury. And if it's just a luxury, it's for my entertainment. And it's expendable. See, worship for many of us used to be a lifestyle that we lived. It used to be part of our everyday experiences. It used to be something that we were, and then it became something that we did, and then we became something that we sat in and watched other people do, and we paid them for it. And then it came to this part where, I don't like that song anymore. I want something new. Entertain me, will you? Because worship became an industry. Because the Bible tells us that he is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It doesn't say you will worship me because you have the goosebumps. It doesn't tell me I will worship him because I feel like it. It doesn't tell me I will worship him because they're playing my jam. No, I will worship him because I am a worshiper. And here's what's happened in our churches, is that worship has become a couple of things. It's either the, the warm-up for the main event, which disqualifies it. Or, it's a time filler, because God knows if you're going to drive up here and you're going to give, you better be here longer than 45 minutes. Or, it's just something to get us in the mood. 
a few years back, I, was, I knew my season was up at the church I was pastoring, and um, I didn't send out resumes, I didn't send out applications, but you know, we had a larger church, and people were watching from all over the world and doing their thing, and I would begin, and that season, so funny because I knew my season was up, and for years and years and years, I got no phone calls, I got no emails, then all of a sudden, transition was in the air, boom, 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 people start calling. And uh, I had interviews from other churches because I didn't know where God was leading me at that season. I just knew he was leading me. And I got a, a call from a church. Uh, from, I got them from Alaska to Seattle, from Huntsville to New York to Virginia to Florida. To, uh, it was just, it, was, it seemed to seem that I could just kind of pick a state and go. And um, one church in particular called me. And they're like, we love how you speak. We love how you break down the word. You're great on stage. You have good stage presence. Yeah, he's, he's hyping me up, doing his thing. And he goes, but I have a question for you. I said, yeah. He goes, I just feel like our standards of worship are probably different than your standards of worship. And I said, okay, what do you mean? He goes, like, I've watched you guys express yourself in worship, and it's, it's cool. That's your thing. He goes, but for us, we're a little more reserved. He goes, now every once in a while, I'll, I'll throw a hand up. If it gets it, um, yeah, it's good. He says, but we're not as expressive as you're used to. And I was like, okay, well, worship is a big part of me. And then he said how much he was willing to pay me. And I was like, you know, worship is okay. <laughs> The funny part of that story is there's a little bit of truth. And I realized in that moment that if I was willing to give up my expression of worship for a higher salary, what's the pressure of the people in the church to give up their expression of worship for their reputation? And then I called the man back. I'm like, we can't do this. I, I can't stop being who I am for anybody else. But when he made that statement of every once in a while, I'll throw a hand up, I thought, that is exactly where the vast majority of American churches have found themselves. Is eh, It's a pretty good song. It's my jam. Ooh, I feel that one. You're doing good, guys. You're doing good. Keep, keep playing. I'm feeling it. But that's not what worship is meant to be. Today we're going to talk about what our lost language is in worship. David, one of the key psalmists and first, the second king of Israel, wrote so much about praise and worship. He wrote so much about what it meant to be a worshiper. And the English language has taken these words to mean worship. In fact, the Bible tells us that we will worship in spirit and in truth. The Bible tells us that he will inhabit the praises of his worship. Uh, he tells us that we shall uh, worship with the voice of triumph. We should, we're seeing it's the same word over and over again. But the Hebrew language is unique. And today we're going to break down seven ways we worship. And this is why. This might be a refresher for some people, but it helps me understand the why behind the what. Because I'll be honest with you in my life, there has been moments where I've watched people worship and I've judged them for it. I thought that was a bit much. 
they need to tone it down a little bit. Why? Because it was uncomfortable with what I would do. Now, these seven forms of worship that we're going to walk through, we're going to put some of them on the screen, um, and we're going to walk through. Uh, they have the slides of the names, so you can see the Hebrew names as we go through it. But the reality is, you may not do all of them, but you need to understand why people do what they do. Because one thing this church is not going to be is that we're not going to judge somebody because I'm uncomfortable. I'm not going to be mean to somebody because it's not what I would do. And you may find yourself a person who might throw a hand up, and that's great. Be you. You might be somebody who falls on the ground. That's great. Be you. And that's the reality of where we are, is understanding what God intended in worship, and you find out where you are on the spectrum. Is that fair? All right, our first thing is called yada. Not Yoda, it's yada. Yada is a very unique thing. Josh, can you put that on the screen for me, sir? Uh, it, it is a, a, a cool thing that we, have, we walk into. It means to worship with an extended hand. Worship with an extended hand. We, as a church, as a culture, do this a lot. And what it means is to give of oneself in worship of adoration. Leave it up for me, please. It's to lift your hands unto the Lord and it has this idea of an absolute surrender. Why do we lift our hands? We've heard this from worship leaders, just as an act of surrender. Lift your hands. I need to take a time out. Just leave it up here for a second. Uh, we use a, a, a verse, and I'm sure you've heard it in Christianese circles, that where two or more are gathered, he's in their midst. It's great. It's scriptural. It's wonderful. But what happens when you're by yourself? He's still in your midst. In fact, David tells us, where can I go from your presence? The heavens, you're there. Sheol, you're there. Everywhere I go, you're there. So I want you to understand, just because you're not in this moment tomorrow doesn't mean you don't use these at your house or in your car. Are we with us? Just a quick you know, um, um, PSA. Uh, it, it's lifting. It means caring of absolute surrender, as a child does to their dad. All of our dads and moms, you guys get that? doesn't matter how tired you are. For some reason, even if it's their idea to go to the store, there's a moment where they go, just hold me, Dad. Just My legs are just tired. I'm like, you're six. There's no way your legs are tired. From what? I, I've walked just as far as you have, and I worked. You sat down. Like I don't know what's going on, but it's that, Dad, just carry me. I can't do this anymore. And what yada means is the opposite of wringing of one's hands. Yada worship is going, I know I'm stressed. I know there's a lot going on. I know things don't look very well, but God, I surrender it all. What yada does is that it takes the craziness of the outside and goes, I gotta let go of this. Dad, I need help. Father God, I stick my hands up in worship because I need you. It's a surrendering, not of salvation of one's soul, but salvation of one's mind in the midst of the fight. All right, let's go through this. Uh, our next word that we're going to roll through, uh, tehillah. This is one of my favorite because... I'm horrible at it. And it literally means to sing a spontaneous song. 
It works great on a mower. You're exactly right, Dad. And I do it on a mower. I do it in my car or in the shower, whatever it is. But you know what? I won't do it on a microphone. Why? Because I can't sing at all, and it's embarrassing. But this word is to sing a spontaneous song. One, one thing that I love to how EJ leads us in worship is that she sings the songs, and she has a moment, and she just breaks out into her own thing. That's tahila. That is those things where she's just releasing what's on the inside. What it means is there is a bubbling of coming up out, and you just got to sing what's happening in you. You just got to release what's going on on the inside. This is a special kind of worship and a special kind of song that's unrehearsed, that's unlearned, it's unprepared. It's just singing a song that just breaks out. In fact, if you, uh, open up your Bible to a psalm. This is why we need to understand this. Psalms uh, chapter 22. Psalms chapter 22. Verse 3 says this, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of your people. One version says you inhabit the praises of your people. We've used that terminology. The word inhabit is as a king sits down at his throne to make decrees over his people. But that word praises is spontaneous song. As we bubble up on the inside, God goes, okay, here we go. What you got? I want to hear what you're, what, what's coming out of the inside of you. I want to hear the voice and the things that are bubbling out. And then he begins to decree back over you. What this is not, and there's nothing wrong with it. God, I love it. But this is not just, boop, I hit play on WayFM or my Spotify worship mix, and all of a sudden I'm walking through and God just decreeing over. You know, this is me pouring myself out to him and him pouring himself back into me. But Pete, I can't sing. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you're just in the moment, God, I love you. God, I need you. Father, those simple words, just, it just something's coming up. Has that ever happened to anybody when you're singing a song and you just, man, I just, got, I just want to sing my own thing. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. You're not crazy. You're a worshiper. All right. As we go through this, I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm looking at my pronunciations of some of these words because it's just disastrous. Shaka means to physically bow oneself down in his presence. It's the action of burying your face in the ground as a servant does before his king. All right, grab your Bible if you're still in Psalms and uh, hang a left. We're going to go to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. At this moment, David has just brought the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem <coughs> and placed it in the tabernacle. In this, in, this, in this passage, you'll see a couple of different words of praise or worship. And those are different words. First uh, Chronicles 16. If you hit Psalms, take a left. First Chronicles 16. And it says this in verse 29. Give to the Lord the glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of his holiness. That worship is bring what you have, lay yourself out. Don't just put down an offering. 
worship Him. Lay yourself out. Put it all on the line. Bury your face in adoration to who He is, just like a servant would his king. And not just a, hmm, this is good, God. No, I'm laying myself out. Because here's the reality. As I lay myself out before him, what I'm doing is saying, God, everything else is yours. It's all yours. You are the ruler of it all. I lay myself out. And you may go, Pete, I'm never going to do that on a Sunday morning. And that's okay. I'm never going to pressure anybody to do any of these things. However, I will say this. As a pastor, my job is to show you where the water is, and it's up to you what you want to drink. It's up to you. And you can do this at home. This is one of the biggest things that I will do at home. Play some worship music. I'll be worshiping. I'll be singing. I'll be doing my thing. And I find myself on the ground just spread out going, God, I need you. You are my king. You are my savior. You are my everything. That's a form of worship that's written specifically for you. All right. Halal number four. This is... I'm going to be honest with you, this is the one that probably gets me the most. Not because it makes me the most excited, but makes me the most cringe. Just being honest. It means to make oneself clamorously foolish. This terminology is used over 100 times in the Old Testament. In... uh, 1 Chronicles 16 again, back up to verse 4. He says, And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark, some to commemorate, some to thank, and to praise the Lord. That word praise is that craziness. It means to act a fool, to shine, to jump, to dance, to rave, to celebrate, to show, to... Honestly, you've lost your mind. If somebody walks in, they would slowly back out. Because you don't care. It's the wild dance before the Lord. It's the spinning. It's the running. It's the jumping. It's the, uh, car. It's, there's something in you that's just, I can't stop. I just gotta, I'm about to explode, and I'm just going to lose it. Chances are, and I'm sad that I'm going to say this because it's probably going to happen now that I'm going to say it, I don't do this has nothing to do with, I'm against it. I just never had the unction to do this, okay? Now, can I tell you, you're never going to be possessed. You're not just going to be sitting there and be like, why did I just run in circles? Like, that's not what's going to happen. But there's just this burning on the inside that you just got to let out. You got to do something with. And what that is, is you're spontaneously beginning to worship. It's not one of those things that you go, you know what? This set's boring. I'm just going to run. This is not one of those things where I got bills tomorrow. Well, I can just do a cartwheel. No, this is something that is unplanned, unprepared. This is something that I'm just going to do because it's burning on the inside, not because I'm trying to look like I'm spiritual. And this is where a lot of times I've gotten personally turned off because people have misunderstood worship. The, the idea of if I go big and I go extreme, then I get God's attention. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Because worshiping God is a physical expression of an internal revelation. It's a physical expression of an internal revelation that you just have to do. you got to do something. Now, 
I've watched people do it, and I've seen it in both contexts. I've watched people who were trying to make a show of themselves, and I've watched people who were genuine. They just, it was what happened. I had this guy named Dennis at our old church. I need to paint you a picture of Dennis. D- Dennis is an amazing man, very quiet, quiet man. Dennis is, I think, six foot five, red hair, super white. Has no rhythm at all. Dennis is a business leader. He's a good man. And if you met him, you'd be like, oh, it's nice to meet you. He's just very businessy. But every once in a while, something would happen. And I watched Dennis lose his mind. (laughs) Now, I need you to picture this. I'm 18 years old. Okay, so this is before I was a pastor. And I'm interning at the church. And I'm working a camera. We had three camera stations. We had one all the way in the back of the sound booth, and we had two on either side. They had me on the, the back one. So I'm in the sound booth about this high on my screen, okay? And out of my peripheral, I, church is going. Like, it's, it's God's presence. It's there. It's fantastic. Everything is great. And I'm sitting there on my, my, you know, doing a little camera thing, just going back and forth like I'm supposed to, listening. And I see over here, about where Rusty is, Dennis is dancing. Before, like, in the way back, Away from everybody, but he's dancing. But he's six, like six six. Like it's hard not to miss Alan dancing in the back. Like it's just like the guy's ginormous. How tall are you, Alan? Yes. And I'm sitting there going, like, Dennis is dancing. Like he's and he's doing his thing. Like, like I'm watching him like dance and run. And he ran and jumped off of one of the chairs. And is it what's it called? Like when you spin around, um, uh, like a ballerina, huh? Pirouette in the air. I'm like, I've got headsets on, a microphone. I'm like, this is the pirouette. This is the pirouette. And I hear the guy on my on the other side, Chip, go, Pete, calm down. I'm like, bro, spinning in the air, y'all. Like, he's six six. Like, he's losing it. Whatever. I didn't know his history. He's like, he's just Dennis. He's worshiping. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he goes, camera one, go. So he's on camera one. I can hear. He's like, camera three, go, because they're getting the different shots. And I hear camera two, stand by. I'm like, bet. Here we go. Camera two, on. Pete, why is your screen off? Pete, where's your camera? And I'm like, my camera's on. And at that exact moment, Dennis did a handstand, and his, his booty blocked the camera. And he just, ah! I'm like, ah! And I hear, go to camera two, go to camera two. Like, he's switching back around. And then he just rolled around and did his thing. And, and I went to our pastor. I'm like, what in the world was that? And he walked me through it. He goes, what you don't understand is the life he has lived to get to a place where he doesn't care anymore. But when he wants to worship and he feels, he's got got to release it. And one thing I respect about what Dennis was doing is he wasn't trying to, and there's nothing wrong with being up front and and coming up for worship, but he wasn't trying to make a show. In his heart of hearts, he was in the very, very back, worshiping his heart out, had no idea camera two was on and his booty blocked it. All he was trying to do was get out what was on the inside. All right, we've got Yada, Tahila, Shaka, Halal, and Tauda. Tauda is interesting because you'll realize it's very similar to the very first one. It's to raise one hand, but while one is to surrender and the opposite of wringing of one's hands, this one is I'm raising my hands in anticipation of what will happen next. 
This is not where you're just surrendering or giving, but by giving thanks for what hasn't happened. The attitude is this. I am thanking God today for what He will do tomorrow. This is the I decree and declare before I see. This is the I worship you in the fire knowing that you're going to extinguish the flames. What this is is going, even though I don't see it yet, I thank God. I raise my hands now before the process even happens. So if you have your Bible and you're still in Chronicles, take it right. We're going to Psalms 42. You hit Proverbs, you went too far. Psalms 42. We're going to read this whole psalm. As the deer pants for the water of the brook, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, O for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? For with tears have been flooding, having my food day and night, while they continually say to me, where is your God? This is not a good psalm. We sing that song, as the deer pants for the water. So this is a depressing psalm. Right now, everything is against him. Everybody is mocking him. Verse 4, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise with a multitude that kept a pilgrim's feast. That word there, praise, is I worship you in the midst of where I'm at for what you're about to do. So why are you cast down on my soul and why are you dis disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet yada, remember, I'm praising you for what you will do. I'm going to now yada, I'm going to praise you. I, there will be a day where I'm surrendering it all because it's happening I will praise him for the help of his countenance. Verse 11, So why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieting me for a hope in God? For I will, I will yada again. There will be a day where I'm currently raising my hands in preparation for what you will do, and there will be a day where I'm looking back, surrendering it all because of what you did do. Raising your hands has, it, it has this idea of your heart. Are you raising your hands in worship because God knows everything has fallen apart and everything is going against me, but I know that you will be faithful and I worship you in the midst, or am I raising my hands because right now I have to surrender all the stress, all the words, whatever it is, and surrender my life. Whatever it is, raising of your hands in worship of who he is. I thank you and I praise you that I am healed even though I have a fever. I worship you and I praise you about being blessed when I'm surrounded by these bills. I raise my hands and thank you for peace even though there's chaos all around me. And I lift my hands and I declare the goodness of God when I'm surrounded with depression. I will tout us something until I experience it. I will worship through where I'm at until I see where I'm called to be. Number six, Zamar. This is one that we do on a regular basis. This is to sing with instruments 
primarily to, uh, I think one of the big versions is, is to pluck the strings, to play. They didn't have pianos and, and drums. They didn't have crazies, but they did have harps. They had string instruments that they would, they, they would sing and they would play with. He's saying, worship your heart out with your instruments. There is this big, you know, uh, I think it's, it's Church of Christ who doesn't have any kind of instruments in their sanctuary. Um, this is where we look and go, this is where we differ. Because we believe that the Bible, when it says to worship him with strings, we should worship him with strings. Um, and it's a, a, a voice accompanying a group of instruments. Okay, that's an easy one. Number seven, number seven, Shabbat, to shout. To decree something out, to give praise and honor and glory, to proclaim the unashamed glory, triumph, power, and mercy of who he is. I'm going to have the worship team come on up. This is the the last verse that we're going to read in Psalm 117. And then we're going to go into some worship for a second. And we're going to let you guys worship how you want. We're going to put into practice what we just talked about. In verse chapter 117, it's a very, very long psalm. Psalm chapter 117, we're going to read the whole thing. It says this, Praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all your people. For His mercy and kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise Him. Praise ye the Lord. That's the whole chapter. Right there, two verses. But in those two verses has a competing word. Go back to verse 1 for me, please. It says, praise the Lord, all you nations. Praise Him, all you people. If you're breaking it down, it tells us to do this. Praise the Lord in a wildly crazy fashion, all you nations. Your very expressive craziness to the halal, that you're releasing who you are, all the nations. But notice this. Shabbat, all you people. What he's saying here is the entire world will dance foolishly before you and your people will shout your goodness. We interpret that as praise. I can't tell you how many times I've heard this verse in a very somber warm-up for praise and worship music. Psalm 117, we're going to praise the Lord, all you nations. We're going to praise Him, all you people. Why? For His mercy is kind towards us. And the truth of his Lord will endure forever. So let's praise. That's not what the psalmist is saying. He's saying every single one of you should be wildly in anticipation of what he's doing. And there should be a shout that releases out of that whole experience. This is not a timid, good jam worship. This is a I don't care what anybody else thinks kind of worship. I'm going to release the stress, I'm going to release the worry, I'm going to release the, the, the anticipation of my neighbors, my life has been good, my, I'm going to worship, my life has been bad, I'm going to worship, in the good times, I'm going to worship, in the stressful times, I'm going to worship, and whatever takes place in my life, I'm going to worship, I'm going to release the sound, I'm going to worship, if I need to dance, I'm going to worship, if I need to lay down, I'm going to worship, if I need to raise my hands, I'm going to worship, if I got to shabak and shout, I'm going to worship, whatever is happening in my life, I'm going to worship. In fact, the psalmist tells us about that wild, crazy praise that he talked about. <clears throat> I love this. He tells us in, in Psalm 119, seven times a day do I halal. 
seven times a day do I act a fool before God. Uh, listen, I, I, I am a reserved person. I don't dance. Not because it's a sin. I just have no rhythm. I don't sing and act crazy on stage because I just am reserved. But you know one thing I have noticed about myself is I will absolutely go back crazy at a football game. And I will scream for a stranger that has never even known I existed. And I will wear his colors. I will wear his jersey. I will pay good money to represent somebody who doesn't even know my name. There's nothing wrong with that. Go to a football game or a basketball game. Go to a concert. Enjoy life. But why do I feel like if I dance or I shout or I jump or I raise my hands before my God who knows every hair on my head, I should be reserved. But when it comes to somebody 500 yards away who doesn't even know my existence but gets my paycheck, that's acceptable. We have convinced ourselves that worship is a somber process. And this comes back to church history, just to be honest with you. This comes back from the Puritans coming over. They were a very somber group, wonderful men and women of God. Thank God that they came and did what they did. But they had expressionless worship for a reason. Because emotion was evil. But God is an emotional God. He's not led by his emotions, but he does ex express his emotion. And he is wanting you to connect your emotions and your physical body to your worship. So if you want to cry in his presence, cry in his presence. If you want to raise your hands in his presence, raise your hands in his presence. If you want to jump, then jump. If you want to lay down, lay down. I don't care what you do as long as you understand you don't have to be held back in your worship. We're not doing it for myself. I'm not worshiping so that you can look at me. That's what the Pharisees used to do. The Pharisees would walk around and pray outside and and give in public because they wanted it to be about them. That's why Jesus said, don't be like them, but when you pray, go into your inner room and close the door. And we've taken that context way out of, out of context because he was trying to compare the why behind the what. What he was looking at is going, they're doing this for their personal glory. Don't do anything for yourself, but do it for your relationship. Because can I tell you, Jesus prayed openly. We see it. God, teach us how to pray. They obviously watched him how to pray. So Jesus didn't be like, oh, I gotta go talk to God, and went off into a corner. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't make it. Just look at me, look at me, look at me, how spiritual I am because I can jump or do a cartwheel or I raise my hands. No. Be free in your worship today. Do it at home. If you're like, hey, I, I just don't, I don't like everybody staring at me, that's okay. We can do it at home. In fact, I'm going to have, we're not turning them off, but I'm going to have Mr. Ken in the back just dim the lights a little bit because I want you guys to be exactly where you are and worship. We're going to sing that little melody, I think. Is that what we're doing? Make room? Yeah, we're going to sing make room. So here's what I'm going to do. Stand up, sit down, lay down, raise your hands. I'm never going to tell you what to do. That's not my job. Pastor understands exactly the same concept. Our job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. Whether you pick up the tool or not, it's up to you. We lead you to the water. 
but you've got to drink of his goodness today. Amen? So, Father, today we worship you. We praise you. We glorify your name. We, we, we express in worship our gratitude for who you are. We ask that you pour out your presence. We recognize that you are with us already. And we thank you that today, God, as we, as we pour out who we are before you, that you speak. You speak over us today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.